calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Let's Get Civical. This is the podcast that breaks down politics, government structure, and dives into the context of current events, but in a super fun way. I'm Lizzie Stewart, comedian, feminist, and political junkie. And I'm Arden Walentowski, former Senate intern, campaign staffer, and political strategist. In this episode, we're talking about President James Garfield. So grab your 36 ballots. And let's get civical. Hello, everybody. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Let's Get Civical. I am Lizzie Stewart. And I am Arden Walentowski. And here we are, Mm -hmm. hanging on by a single thread. It is 8.11 in the morning. 8.11 in the morning. My voice is deep. It's snowing. Your voice is deep. It's it's almost mid-December, which I do forget. Every year is the worst time of the year. No. Just in terms, well, just in terms of like every, like work is always crazy. There's like one million things to do. Yeah. One calendar yeah. million things to do. Yes. And simply not enough time. No. Vibe wise, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Of sure. Course. Yes. But my schedule is. No, absolutely insane. Absolutely it's insane. A lot. I've, I have been up. The last week, I have gotten up at 6 a.m. every goddamn day. Yeah. Every goddamn day. Yeah. And have worked every night. Yeah. And will continue to do the same. Yeah. This entire week. It's like the finishing, like, you know, like 7, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock rolling around and you're like, fuck, I still have to do one more thing. Yes. One more thing. Yes. And I can be done. Yes. So it's... It's rough out there. It's rough out there. 
It's, it's rough, rough out there. It's rough out there. Yes. So that's why we're sort of um, whispering in our lower registers this morning. Yes, yes. Which we love to do. Yes. We're trying to keep it calm because calm. we're living in here. We're li- Yeah. Really? Yeah. We're oh. living here. Mm-hmm. So we're keeping it calm. We're keeping it down. We're keeping it calm. We're keeping it calm. Yeah. And and truly, something that always anchors me. Yeah. Tell me. Tell me. Is of course President James A. Garfield. I mean, talk about. I mean, a melatonin of a president. Really? I mean, really? And then we did him dirty in his assassination. And then we did him dirty. We did him real dirty. Did... Oops. Oops, we sorry, did it James. again, dirty. So sorry, James. So sorry. So sorry, James. Yeah. So yes, obviously today we're doing an episode on James A. Garfield, former president of the United States. Why did you choose uh, President Garfield? Because um, it was on the list that our wonderful intern, Houston, oh. sent us a while back because it is the list that he sent us that I consult readily in moments yeah. of great distress when i'm like yes what are we need gonna an episode do idea i know that we've said many times yeah we've shouted out of our assholes we need to talk about this we need to talk about this and our dear friend and wonderful intern houston has has made a list has written down everything we have ever said yeah and i consulted the list and i was like i'm feeling very james garfield because th- we've talked about his assassination we it have is, it is how how there is not a, a movie, a film about his assassination. I know. It is quite a mystery to me. But we've done that episode and I was like, you know what? Let's give let's give James Garfield the gift of talking about his life. His life. It is the death. gift giving season. It is the gift giving season. We've never so- talked about James Garfield and his life. Totally. Totally. And after you're done listening to this episode, go listen to that assassination yeah. episode because it my is why oh my. my oh my. Yes. My good gracious, James. Yes. So before we jump in to honoring the life and legacy of President James A. Garfield, do you want to tell us about today's sources? I would love to. Uh, there's some wonderful, wonderful notes coming from PBS. Oh, PBS. Totally. Uh, some, uh, of course, wonderful notes coming from history.com. Obviously. History.com. Some overview that's not uh, like verbatim in here, but lovely overview from our, the public version of history.com, our tried and true, the National Park Service. Oh, yes, wow. We love her. We love her. And then the White House because he was in El Presidente. He was a president. Mm-hmm. He was a president. Mm-hmm. So therefore, we go to the White House. The White House.gov. White House.gov. Dot gov. Yes. All right. Let's jump into this little biopic biopic of Garfield, starting with the young James Garfield. Let's talk about his early years. So James Garfield, fun fact right off the top, was the last president to be born in a log cabin. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Last of the log cabin presidents, I mean... Wowzers. What a fun little fact. Last I know. of the log. The sequel to Last of the Mohicans, The Last of the Log Cabin Presidents. Yes. I think that should be the title of his movie. Last totally. of the Log Cabins. Last of the Log Cabins. Mm-hmm. 
When James was born in 1831, Ohio was on the edge of the American frontier and had been a state for fewer than 30 years. James A. Garfield from your home state of Ohio. My home state. Love that for you. Less than two years after James's birth, his father, Abram, died of a fever and exhaustion in the family's cabin after battling to save the farm from a wildfire. Yeah. Yikes, McGikes. I know. Not not nice. Yeah. Not nice. Not nice. No, this was bad. I mean, we always talk about this. This is not a good time to be alive. Not a good time to be alive. No. And and more specifically, not a good time to have a fire. No, you have no way to put it out. There's no way to put it out. Like truly buckets. Y- you just have to let it simply destroy everything. Yeah, and pray for rain. Pray for rain. Pray for rain. As an avid reader of adventure novels, Garfield aspired to become a sailor. Instead, as a teen, he settled for a position towing barges up the Ohio Canal to support his impoverished family. Yeah. Look, he's like, I just get me out on the water. Get me out on the get water. Get me on the water. Yeah. And he's he's like helping raise money to support his family. I mean, sure. I understand. Totally. Yeah. Totally. From 1851 to 1853, so when he was, what, in his 20s? Yeah. Garfield attended Western Reserve Eclectic Institute? Yes, I know. Isn't that a funny name? I My brain, let me tell you what I my know. brain was screaming to say. Electric. I know. And I was like, no, no, that C is in the wrong place for C that. is in the wrong place. It is eclectic. Eclectic? Eclectic. Okay, James. I know. Do you know what that word screams to me? It screams to me Sister Act 2. Sure. I mean, that's I mean, all I that's all I see less. in here. I mean, say less. Exactly. Thank you so much. Oh, now my radiator's starting to bang. So listeners, if you hear banging, it's snowing outside. There's nothing we can do. Welcome to the holidays. Welcome to the holidays. So he attended Western Reserve Eclectic Institute, which is now Hiram College in Hiram, Ohio. He then spent two years at Williams College in Williamstown, Massachusetts, and proved himself to be a strong student and a skilled public speaker. Yes. Go off, James. Very talented young lad. Very talented. Very talented young lad. After graduating from Williams College in 1856... Garfield returned to the Eclectic Institute and taught Greek and Latin, as well as other subjects. So he's a very smart oh young lad. God. Very smart. Talk I about mean, the dead languages, darling. Dead languages. And he's speaking them and teaching them and doing all kinds of things. Totally. A year later, in 1857, he was named president of the school. Wait a second. <laughs> I know. Sorry. I know. You mean to tell me that this... Let's call it what it is. 26-year-old, after graduating college, they were like, do you want to run it? <laughs> do you? Would you mind? Would you mind? You seem really you good. Being the pre- foreshadowing, by the by, being the president <laughs> of this college? Uh, the, the, this time period, anything, it's, there are no rules. Anything goes. Anything went. I mean, anything total went. wackadoo. It's, James Garfield is like, yeah, I'll run your college. Sure. I'm 26 years old. Yeah, this is great. 
I mean, part of me is like, maybe it would have been nice to live in this time because you literally could have done anything. Anything. If you could well, have yeah, finagled your male. If you're a male. That's yeah. true. If you're yeah. a male. For us, we, it would have just dead. been babies and, and pies. But that, dead, dead, like, dead, dead, dead. No. Yes. In addition to his duties at the Eclectic Institute, Garfield became an ordained Christian minister. As you do. I mean, yes. Me too. And well. studied law independently. He would be admitted to the Ohio Bar Association in 1860. So he's got all of his hands in every pot. He's every doing pot. godly things. He's doing law things. He's doing education things. Yeah. He's like, I'm bored. I'm, I'm going to become a minister. I'm, yes. He is the Ben Franklin of his day. Totally. Do you know great what I mean? comparison. Thank you so much. Thank you. In 1858, he married Lucretia Rudolph, who worked as a teacher and had been a classmate of his at the Eclectic Institute. The couple would have seven children. Go off, Lucretia. children. I just, that to me is too many children. It's a lot of children. It's a lot of but children. But I mean, you know. In this day, sure, you needed to In this have, day, it's like, what are you going to do? Right. I mean, they didn't have any kind of birth control and he was a, he was a christian and he was a yes and and for some reason the pull out method just wasn't was it was not it was, was not, not it. it no in 1859 garfield a member of the republican party which was founded in the 1850s by anti-slavery leaders was elected to the ohio senate with the threat of an american civil war looming he used his position as state senator to advocate for forcing seceding southern states to rejoin the union. You get back here. Yes. You get back here. That's what he's saying. Back to this house. You will respect this house. Yes. You will respect this nation, mm-hmm. is what he's saying. Yep. Okay, James. Yeah. Loving, love seeing you on the right side of history, James. Yes. So far, so good with James. I've got so no far? qualms with so anything that James has done so far. No, I mean, I'm I'm kind of I'm I'm a little I'm a little impressed. I by am James. A little impressed. Yep. Yep. I'm okay. like, where's the other shoe? Let's see if it we drops all know here. it drops sometime. I mean, because now we're going to talk about the Civil War. So this is where everybody the wheels fall off for everybody. Right. I mean, and also we all have another shoe. Like we all have two perfect. shoes. We all have two shoes. That's a beautiful thing. Yes. So let's talk about the his, his role in the Civil War and then also his congressional career because he was as we. We'll talk about a member of Congress before the, becoming the president of the United States. Yes. For a long time. For a long time. So when the U.S. Civil War broke out, Garfield joined the Union Army and served as a lieutenant colonel with the 42nd Ohio Volunteer Infantry. Despite lack of military experience, he proved to be an effective leader. He's like one of those guys. I just. That's good at everything. Yes. He just gets it right off the bat. Yeah. It's like like, like the, the kid in middle school who, who plays basketball, yeah. baseball, yeah. football, soccer. And you're like, where do you find the time? Yes. How do you do this? How he's do you like, do this? He's like one of the founding fathers who just, you know, did it all. Did it all. Did it all. Like a George Washington. Totally. Do you know what I mean? I do. Great. Thank you. So he's an effective leader in the military yes. on top of being a Christian minister, a lawyer, a member of Congress, a sailor, except he's, he is the multi-hyphenate. Uh, yes. 
So he proved to be an effective leader. For example, in November of 1861, his brigade drove Confederate forces out of eastern Kentucky at Paintsville and Prestonburg. So he's like, I'm not only an effective leader, Mm -hmm. my brigade is making moves. Yes. Making moves and changing the game. Changing the game. I am getting rid of the Confederate soldiers. Bye, bye, bye. Confederate soldiers. Then in 1862, when Union military victories had been few, he, of course, successfully led a brigade at Middle Creek, Kentucky against the Confederate troops. So against all odds, he's still shining like a star. Shining brightly. Shining brightly. star. Yes. At 31, (laughs) Garfield became a brigadier general. And then two years later, a major general of volunteers. So within the span of, what, three years, he goes from being a colonel to a major general. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. To like a five-star major general. Right. They're like, oh, my God, get this guy into the Pentagon. Good Lord. Let's let him rise. Does How Ulysses know about him? <laughs> Ulysses was probably like, let's keep him down. My star oh my is rising. Oh, my God. Meanwhile, oh, my God. Yeah. This makes me laugh. Meanwhile, so at the same time that he is rising through the military ranks, becoming a major general yes. of the Union Army, Ohioans elected him to Congress. Yes. They're like, please do more. You're not like, doing it. Hey, enough. hey. We're we love your work. Love we love your what work. you're doing. Yes. And none other than friend of the show, President mm-hmm. Abraham Lincoln, mm-hmm. persuaded him to resign his commission. So Abraham was like, hey, James, look, love what you're doing out here. Yes. But I think you can't do both. Yeah. Come to Washington. Come to Washington. Come to Washington. Leave the battlefield. We need, we need your intellectual mind. We need your multi, we need your yes. unique set of skills. Yes. Here in DC. Yes. <laughs> this is funny. The reason why Lincoln wanted him in Congress is because it was easier to find major other major generals than to obtain effective Republicans for Congress. So Abraham Lincoln is like, look, mm-hmm. we can replace Yes. A major general. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Yes. What I need are competent Republicans in Congress. That's what I need if we're going to survive this war. Yes. And this should tell you a lot. So please come. About the state of D.C. Please come to D.C. Yeah. He's recruiting. He's recruiting recruiting. from the battlefield. Yeah. He's like, the war over there costing millions of lives. You want a scholarship? It is very bad. (laughs) Please come to the safety of this room where you are desperately needed. (laughs) Desperate, desperate. So it goes without saying, Garfield does go to D.C. and he he gets out of his uh, career as a major general in the army. Yes. And he repeatedly won re-election for 18 years, eventually becoming the leading Republican in the House of Representatives. So... 18 years. Yeah, you served I feel as though this is one of the more impressive early life 
to presidents that we've seen. Yeah. I, yeah, in terms so. of like education mm-hmm. and also more importantly, experience. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I and mean, this is a well-rounded president. This is a well-rounded president and somebody who, yeah, had, you know, kind of is like the American story, right? Like came, yeah. from, came from nothing, got the job, worked his way up, helped his family. Learned Greek and Latin. Learned Greek and Latin, went to the military. I mean, like this is the American story that politicians like to have even today. Totally. Like military experience. Yeah. You know. And then in Congress for tw- almost 20 years. 20 years, yeah. Yeah. So here's here's a bit of the other shoe. Ah, uh, drop as it. As it were, as it were. Drop it. So here we go. However, his career was not without its challenges. Totally. In a political period marked by scandal and corruption, because what political period I mean, is not? I mean, you mean in the late us. 1800s? I know. Yeah. And what political period is not marked with scandal exactly. and corruption? That is exactly politics. Right. Garfield's ethics were called into question when he was accused, but never found guilty, of accepting bribes in the Credit Mobilier scandal of 1872. Oh my God. Who among us doesn't accept a bribe? Also, what was the bribe? Are we talking like it's 1872, like $200? I mean, what was the bribe? Who cares? Oh. Cares like this is nothing. This is white collar crime, <laughs> except the bribe. Whatever, like he's not hurting anybody. Oh he's literally God. just taking money. He's literally just taking money. Probably on the congressional floor too. Here's your sack. Thank you. Ching ching. Whatever. <laughs> A moderate Republican, Garfield had to appease both wings of his party. The stalwarts, who were the conservative old guard Republicans, and the oh my lord, uh oh, oh my lord, <laughs> half breeds, <laughs> who are straight out of Harry Potter. <laughs> oh my god, the mudbloods! <laughs> the mudbloods, <laughs> go off. <laughs> I mean, really, this is like, this is intense, and I kind of love imagine, it. Like, being on the co- the like floor of the house and there's like a there's a fight and then and one some some dude is yelling at the other dude being like you're a filthy half breed anyways <laughs> I, I mean it's kind of great like that's I kind of love amazing. it i love it I mean, there's such you, drama queens i love such it. drama queens but could you ima- i would kind of love this if we went back to this today like just instead of the like televised bullshit you know like presidential debates that we have today where you're just like trying to get out your facts and figures mm-hmm. before your time is up. You're just like, you half breed, you know. You half breed. Oh my God, it would be amazing. So crazy. So crazy. Yes. So Garfield had to walk the line between the stalwarts, the conservative old guard Republicans, and the half breeds who were moving towards progressivism. So presumably they're half breeds because they're half Republicans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's kind of witty. I kind of dig. <laughs> I dig it. I dig it. This was especially difficult maneuvering when Garfield served on the Congressional Committee, charged with settling the disputed Rutherford B. Hayes and Samuel Tilden presidential election of 1876. Drama. Drama. Despite his challenges in the House, Garfield was elected to the U.S. Senate in 1880. He never took his seat, however, 
because of the events that transpired at the Republican convention in 1880. Ooh, dun-dun-dun. What happened at the Republican convention of 1880? Oh my god, I think you're about to tell I think us. I'm about to tell you. I, I'm, this is high drama. I'm loving this. I okay. know. So let's talk about his road to the presidency, which starts at the convention of 1880. The 1880 presidential convention found Garfield campaigning for his longtime friend and fellow Republican, John Sherman. Because of the party split between the stalwarts and the half-breeds, it took 36 ballots to choose a nominee. The delegates, in a surprise move, chose Garfield as the party's dark horse presidential nominee imagine being john sherman Ooh, yeah i'd be pissed i'd be pissed i'd be pissed i but this is what mm. i love about conventions especially like the ones in history that have been yeah. so like this where there's so many rounds and then there's just some dude that's like oh, i don't know what about what about james yeah and everybody's like okay okay sure and now it's the, he's the president right. of the united states right. <laughs> <laughs> it was just one dude who's like I don't know. He doesn't James? seem to piss anybody off. Like, we've, what about that we've guy? We've literally gone through 36 other options. So how about James? How about James? And James is like, me? Okay. Okay. <laughs> In the presidential election later that year, Garfield defeated his Democratic opponent, General Winfield Scott Hancock, by fewer than 10,000 popular votes. Yes. And thus... Thus became president of the United States. Yeah. An unlikely road to the presidency by a very qualified man. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Love that. But, you know, all good things must come to an end. And for sweet James, it was a year? Less? A year Less than and a year. Change? I mean, they, I think they, I mean, they, I think at this time they did, they were taking office in January. I mean, I think it was. I guess. I guess. Yeah. January. Um, so half a year, half a year, six months, six let's months? say eight let's, to 12 months, eight. To, yes. Into his presidency on July 2nd, 1881 in a Washington railroad station mm. an embittered attorney who had sought a consular post shot the president. <laughs> and again, we have a whole episode on this there's a whole episode on it and it is crazy the, the entire story front to back is very crazy so go it listen to it but highlights mortally wounded <laughs> garfield lay in the white house this is crazy for weeks 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 they tortured this for motherfucker weeks. they tortured james tortured him they tortured oh my god the president of the united states oh my god it always it upset it, it, it upset me when we did the episode yes, yes. about his assassination it upsets it upsets me now yes that the gun didn't yeah. kill james no the doctors did. The doctors killed the him. the doctors killed him even in the trial because they caught the guy that shot him yeah the guy that shot him was like no, it wasn't yeah. me. Yeah. I didn't like yes, I shot him. The doctors murdered yeah. him. Yeah. He's like, I'll I'll take responsibility for my part. Right. But somebody look into these doctors. Somebody look at these doctors. This is crazy. Oh, poor James. Oh my Slowly god. Slowly dying. Yeah. 
I, this is another fun fact. I, I do. Yeah. I think we talked about this in the yeah. assassination episode. But yeah. a fun fact: Alexander Graham Bell, inventor of the telephone, tried unsuccessfully to find the bullet with an induction balance electrical device which he had designed. I mean, like, can you imagine? Can you imagine? <laughs> I get a call and they're like, "Hey, we want you to go root around Joe Biden." <laughs> You can find a stray bullet. Like it's that's it's the most insane thing I've that's ever the heard. Most insane thing. It's right. insane. That back in Hamanisha days, they were like, "It's metal. Who knows metal?" Alexander. Alexander Have you Bell. seen the telephone? Perfect. To- totally made of metal. Bring him in. Bring him Let in. Let him root he can around find James the Garfield, <laughs> who's been here for two and a half weeks. On his deathbed, being like, for the love of God, please let me die. At this point, I'm good. I'm good. I can't handle this anymore. I'm not going to recover. I have gangrene and sepsis. Gangrene. I got everything. I'm dying. Please just stop. Yeah. This is is bizarre. Utterly bizarre. On September 6th. So once again, to remind you, he was shot on July Mm -hmm. 2nd. This guy... Was dying for two months. Two months. It's amazing. I mean, this is another thing to add to his record. Like, yeah. pain tolerance and just like superhuman will to live. Yeah. Despite them with like no painkillers. No. Them rooting like around alcohol. in his body. Just just, just drunk all the time. Mm-hmm. Rooting around in his body to find a bullet. To find a bullet. So on September 6th. Garfield was taken to uh, where we all want to go when we are slowly dying of a bullet uh, a bullet wound. The New Jersey seaside. I mean, yeah. Take me to Atlantic City, baby. Alexander Graham City. Bell can't find this bullet. We're going to Jersey. We're going to Jersey. For a few days, he seemed to be recuperating. But on September 19th, 1881, almost two and a half months after being shot point blank in a Washington railroad station, he finally died from an infection and internal hemorrhage, which I have to imagine was not the bullet's fault. <laughs> no, no. Like, I mean, it was obviously. Obviously, I mean, yes. if he wasn't shot, none of this would have happened. None of this would have happened. Like, right. Oh my God. No. This is, this is how crazy. The late 1800s are. Like, Absolutely this encapsulates the whole vibe yeah. of the late 1800s. Yes, yes. Just like anarchy. Yeah. Craziness. Yes. Calling Bizar- in telephone so repairmen to dig out bullets. Like Totally. Anything goes. Anything goes. Anything goes in Anything the late goes. 1800s. Yeah. So it's a wild, wild west of, the, of a time period. Yeah. No, thank you. So, no, thank you. So no, if you want to know more in detail about this assassination, because that that truly that's the that that's scratching the surface, scratching the of surface, this insane. If you want to hear what else yeah. the doctors did to him, go listen oh to God. our episode, the assassination of President James Garfield. It is crazy. it is a wild ride because we also I think picked that topic clearly not knowing, not knowing how, how no insane it was. No idea. And so the entire episode is us discovering the insanity the insanity and freaking yeah. out along the way 
Well, because nobody uh, talks about this no. assassination. No, we were it just is like, not, it is not, nobody, it doesn't, you don't, you don't, you don't know about it. You don't know about it. You don't know about it. it. You know I didn't it. learn about this. So I was like, I'm I was like, like, here's just a light little, we're going to talk about the assassination of James Garfield. And by the yeah. end, we were like, this oh is my God. utter insanity. How is this not the topic of layers, every layers, dinner layers. conversation? I know. I could talk about this for ages. Ages. Crazy. I mean, look, look at how we started this episode. It was eight o'clock and we were dying. My heart's racing. And now I am ready to run a marathon. My heart's racing. Yes. All that to say. That is our episode on the life of President James Garfield. And as always, if you like what you heard, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Get Civical. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to us. We love you so, so much, and we will see you next Wednesday. Goodbye.